0: In this bonus episode of the podcast, I'm talking with my friend Finian, also known as artist and animator Video Relaxant, about less serious topics like Elden Ring and the shift in the economics of the video game industry. Enjoy. You can you can you can, you can, you can read
1: aloud if you want. All right, I got you. I, I got just can't. I just can't read it aloud. Elden Ring is hands down the best video game in its class. It succeeds in creating an open world with lore that feels more expansive than what the player could ever experience in-game without neglecting the player's desire to be involved. Grandly scored music blends from area to area to immerse the player, making a journey that should not be possible. A man cannot kill a god. Oh sh- That was a spoiler uh, for anybody who's... <laughs> <laughs> uh- Every new area is discovered. Every new area discovered elicits the feeling of how much larger can this game get? I really feel that shit. Yeah. There's a, it's something that people come back to. I see a lot is like, I got teleported to to the K Lid. And then yeah. I was like, wow, this game's big. And then I got teleported to the top of the map. Yeah, then like, you go underground. Yeah, then you f- figure out if there's a un- whole new underground world. It's It's crazy. As someone who never played a game from the Souls franchise, and usually without a tolerance for steep learning curves for the sake of entertainment, Elden Ring manages to walk a fine line that squares perfectly with me. It's simultaneously extremely difficult at times, while also being large enough to provide opportunities to make those difficult moments easier. Been killed by a boss seven times in a row without dealing significant amount of damage? Go somewhere else, gain levels, and come back. Is that still not working and it feels like the enemy is ruining your life? Try a new Ashes of War, different weapon, and as a last resort, the imperfect summoning system. Even with understanding of only a quarter of the game's items, it's completely beatable in a relatively short amount of time for a game of this scale. In fact, after a successful first completion, the New Game Plus feels like a satisfying victory lap, giving the player an opportunity to retain their findings and loot from the previous journey to reach different endings more quickly while retaining some challenge. Elden Ring is the best video game that I've ever played. Damn. He it's said true. it. He said that its scale from lore to world design is unmatched by most of its competitors. All told, I may never play the game again to avoid the agony of the learning curve. But in completing it, I can say that I had the wonderful experience of playing one of the greatest games to date. You know, I, uh, I kind of agree with this. I don't know if it's my number one, but it's just kind of. Just completely. I didn't
0: say it was my favorite game that I've ever played. I just said it. I, it was I, the best. I think critically. I think it's the best game I've ever played. If I have to be honest, in that definitely, like if not only in the open world class, then generally, I think as a AAA title, I don't think I've played any game that's like better.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. I, then I definitely, definitely agree with this shit because yeah. I don't think I have either. The only other game that. Kind of comes close as Breath of the Wild. I know you didn't really get into Breath of the Wild, but it is like a really, it's very different from Elden Ring. The only similar thing about it is that you (laughs) collect different weapons and traverse a big big world. It's just uh, it's really good. It's one of the only, this game and Breath of the Wild are the only that can really kind of just capture a true open world. Previously it was like Skyrim and like New Vegas. Those are like really good, but Yeah, but they feel
0: like next to this, they kind of like feel like jokes. It's just like, it's like you like when you go into a town in Skyrim, or when you go into like a really like I don't know like a castly area in Skyrim. It never really feels like a like a real life castle would, where you
1: have like all these like rooms and levels and whatnot. Yeah, very like asymmetrical, very like irregular stuff.
0: Whereas like in Elden Ring, you get to like a leg, and I never even knew the term legacy dungeon, which is essentially just like a I guess it's I guess it's just like a large area that's kind of like in indoors i guess it's like it's not necessarily indoors, but it's like just like a large area outside of the open world i guess um, and in those areas it feels it feels like you're in like an actual giant castle it It feels like fantastical like it's beyond the scope of even like real life castles even beyond the scope of like fantasy castles from like Lord of the Rings for instance is another like a, another fantasy franchise where like even i think it, they made a game that was pretty critically acclaimed but looking at videos from that game the legacy dungeons don't look like as full and maybe even at times as huge as they are in Elden Ring which is pretty crazy considering like like a large plot point in, in like both the movies and the books is just like the the scale of some of the places that are visited And like this, I guess my point is like this is the first time where like the scale feels real. In Skyrim, you're blocked from going to all the other areas, right? I mean, if they were to do the rest of the areas, it would feel big. But I I guess the point is with Elden Ring, you don't like feel artificially blocked out of anything. And like that's the big thing. You can go somewhere else if you're, you know, having difficulty. Yeah, just because there's so much to do. And in, in a lot of open world games, like even Skyrim, it kind of like artificially pipelines you down a path. You know, when you escape, <laughs> this is like real, real uh, gamer talk now. But you know, when you like get out of the initial dungeon sequence of Skyrim and you like ent- enter the open world. Yeah. There's really only one pathway you can go, if we're being honest.
1: Yeah. It's just like up towards, uh, what is it, like Helga and then Whiterun. Yeah. 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 It kinda yeah, opens yeah. up a bit, but then yeah
0: anywhere else you can go but it's just like with so you can go you're going to die probably but the other thing is in and i and i didn't really mention this in the review but the thing about Elden Ring is and and you know i'm not a souls gamer but there's like a level of skill that you ha- can have in the game where going back and and you know just starting a new save you can probably beat P- tree sentinel like, this kind of, like, open game boss that just kind of, like, you know... Wrecks you the first Yeah, wrecks time. you initially. You could probably beat them, you know, pretty quickly. And New Game Plus obviously goes by, like, tremendously quickly because you have, uh, you Make know... All your stuff. Yeah, but even if... I'm saying just starting the game fresh, you would have, like, the skill to do, you know, a lot better than you did when you first came out. Um, but in Skyrim... <laughs> <laughs> you you can go to an area where you're like out leveled and you just have no chance just because Maybe. the mechanics of the game prohibit you. There's not really dodging, blocking doesn't like there's not parrying. Yeah, the,
1: it, the combat in Skyrim it, it's like it it's pretty rudimentary when you compare it to Elden Ring too. So like each fight is like not as engaging and when you're when you challenge like a like challenging a giant in skyrim i think that's a good example yeah like you could challenge a giant in elder ring you might get messed up but like you totally can and there's a chance you'll win but in skyrim like if you go up against a dragon at level one like you just, yeah. like you can't really do like you're just completely stonewalled there's no you can't use any systems the game has to get an upper hand on like someone who's that far above you
0: I would say I'm not, like, great at video games, like, in terms of, like... I think I mentioned in the review, like, I got by probably with... Even though, I like, I went for, like, completionist, got, like, all the legendary items and all that stuff. Like, I probably, like, only touched probably, like, 25% of the game's stuff. I didn't really touch crafting or anything. But in Skyrim, like, it encourages you to just, like, use all of your consumables <laughs> to, like, win fights. Whereas in, in Elden Ring, it, like, really, like, kind of forces you to choose... What in particular you're gonna use? Just because it's what can fit in your docket, or it's what you can like flip through your inventory quick enough to in the middle of a fight. <laughs> yeah. Um Whereas like f- for Skyrim, I think I think the fights just pause.
1: Yeah, when you open your inventory, yeah. the game just pauses. You, so you, you just be eating eating wheels of cheese mid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to restore health. Hold um, it, bro, I got a pound. 12 kilograms of cheese real quick.
0: Yeah, just kind of ridiculous. And I, I don't know. I think all that's to say is like in in Skyrim, like probably heralded as like one of the best open world games of all time. You're still kind of pipelined out of that initial starting area to go on like this very direct path. And obviously, you know, it branches after you get past like probably about White Run, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can start going and doing other stuff. But the fact that like in Elden Ring, I think the first area I went to was like the Weeping Peninsula, which is like not necessarily where you're supposed to go first. And I had completed the Weeping Peninsula before I even like initially faced. Uh, I think it's Marget. Um
1: Oh, I did that too. Actually, it was kind of it was weird. I think the the leveling is like it yeah, is, it's a harder area than the castle. So what is it, Stormhill Castle?
0: Yeah, and it was just really weird because I didn't get I didn't get like the torrent which allows you to traverse the map much faster which is like the horse (laughs) in the game so i didn't get i didn't get torrent until i think i had visited i think i had gotten to the edge of Kalid first and then like gone back to the start and everybody so i was i guess i was streaming it at the time and everybody was like dude literally go (laughs) go, go go over to the uh to the gate And I was like, "What, what gate are you talking about?" What are y'all talking about? Literally, go forward. And I think, as you know, because I think you popped in like probably like fifteen hours, like probably at the point where I was like fifteen hours into the game, you popped in and you were like, "You don't have crafting unlocked. How did you miss miss the crafting unlock?" And it's just, it's literally just like, "What?" I've never won. I've never played a game like that before. And like I hadn't for Elden Ring, I hadn't seen any gameplay um really before i bought it besides i think i watched daniel like fight a dragon i was like okay this looks kind of cool yeah and so i really had like no spoilers or like kind of any idea where the spots would be even though the game had been out and i'm sure like there are people who have like watched a ton of videos on the game who like load into the game and then just like know exactly how to do it yeah (laughs) but i think that added to the experience not not to just stonewall you out of this conversation but i think you'll have something to say about this um,
1: yeah, it's no problem bro
0: i'm yeah. having a good time there's um there's like this person who was talking on some forum they were like arguing back and forth with this is the other person who just like, put some like spoilers for like how you should like speed run through the game a guide to eldering and somebody was like dude why would you even post this, this is like ruins like the people people will never have their first experience of playing this game if they're just looking at a guide the first time they play it. Yeah. And and I think I think like guides work for games like the older Pokemon games, maybe even Earthbound, but I th- I think like nonetheless I feel like each of the games should be played like kind of without blind. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day they were designed to be played that way. They weren't designed to, like, have you guided through to pick up the most opportune stuff? Yeah, um, they they were like designed for you to
1: explore. I, I'm sure in Earthbound, which I haven't played, you do a lot of exploring. So, oh yeah, Earthbound. It's weird because you there. It, it's like an open world. I don't mean to tangent about Earthbound. No, no, no. Bit. You're good. It's certainly a like a guide game. I'd say it's kind of difficult to figure out where to go at like certain points. Other times it's linear, but like there are there are moments where you just have no idea but they have like a dude who gives you hints yeah. in game and it's like you have to pay him and it's like <laughs> it's it's kind like like like, of yeah, exactly. it's like the it's like the Vare Earthbound. Yeah, exactly. White Mask of Vare. Looking at a, like a guide for Earthbound. It's it's in this kind of a similar boat as Elden Ring where it's like you don't want your experience to be robbed because half of like the cool shit in Earthbound is like stumbling upon something random or like an event in game happening that's just kind of like kind of blows your mind or it's just kind of hilariously or like absurd or something. In an Elden Ring, instead of events like that, you have like walking into Stormhill Castle for the first time. Or like oh, going y- to like Volcano yeah, Manor, where it's just kinda it gets like crazy. And if you had already seen that, it would just it would totally rob the experience
0: a lot of the people who you know like watched me play through the you know the first part of the game um maybe even like to the point where i got to to Limgrave. they were like oh i didn't do that like i didn't do that like thing i i didn't even know that was there right like there's just so much Mm -hmm. in the game to where like people who have beaten the game multiple times in some instances like didn't know what i was (laughs) what i was doing at like a point but like that's just kind of like what you get from
1: i guess freely exploring a game
0: in it's the case, yeah go so
1: ahead i cr- was i was just gonna basically just agree with you and say games like this are few and far between where you can it's just so vast that people can pour like literally like 100 hours like i have a, probably like 98 hours in this game like 100 hours and like i was i was watching you play like when you were like in the first beginning areas, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I never did any of this, and I have a hundred hours in this game. It's just kind of it's it's really mind blowing. Not no, not a lot of games can do it to that extent. There's a certain like uh,
0: like I don't want to say it's a dark side to it, but it's kind of it kind of is, which is like at the same time while I love Elden Ring obviously, um, and while I think it was like a like a genuinely good experience to have because I haven't played any game like it i do think like there's a danger of like open world games getting broader and broader i mean like obviously the 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 man hours required to do it right now is like ridiculous but i imagine like at some point with like ai generated open worlds maybe you could like make some pretty cool stuff kind of if like right now it's all like very intentionally designed but i imagine like could you imagine like ai generated legacy dungeons that take you like you know, five hours, six hours, like
1: ten hours to progress through. Uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be ridiculous. It could be like infinite that, content.
0: That's that's what I'm saying. I think I think one one day, probably even like within our time, like there will be games where they can like do that at, on a 3D scale like that. Um, <laughs> could you yeah. imagine RNG
1: bosses? Like you yeah. could like generate oh, new bosses, totally um, like complete Elden Ring randomizer.
0: Well, I mean, they are just like. Eldritch horrors. Uh, you could just <laughs> yeah. you could just take Make a
1: bunch of eldritch assets and then r- randomize. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, but I, I guess what I was saying about kind of like the dark side is like I love the game again, so I don't want to trash on it. But that game was like a massive time sink. And, <laughs> the, and like I, I, I like, and yeah. I think that's what I was saying about the learning curve is like it's not only that I don't want to experience the agony of like you know dying a bunch of times and <laughs> like basically the game sh- telling me you know, not that I'm get bad good. and to get good. Yeah. Um, it's not only that so much as like, do I really want to like restart the game like from a new game and then have to play 70 hours to beat this game?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and I and yeah. I can imagine that getting worse like as games get more intricate, if that's the way that gaming goes. Cause like, you know, as well as I know, and I think, I know there are a lot of people who feel like this, but I think that single player games are really like fading Um, in terms of like their relevance in the in general video game culture and i think that's unfortunate because i think like a lot of the best narrative experiences are single player games i think a single player game is like more equivalent to like a typical work of art i think we've had this conversation i had this conversation with ari too um because she she works on video games and it's like at a certain extent you're just making games that are just like addictive to make profitable money and addictive yeah yeah not not to make art you're you're making them to make money <laughs>
1: they're not doing it. yeah that's probably the thing that i dislike the most about the industry i guess and also a lot of the a lot of the communities game gamers are kind of hateful people a lot yeah. of them not to generalize but like it's it's honestly the truth like yeah there's yeah but
0: i don't think it's because they game i think there's
1: I think there's oh, like yeah.
0: inter- internet culture and a bunch
1: of other stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not specifically because they're <laughs> they're gamers. There's just a lot of overlap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> correlation, not causation. Yeah. But yeah, the how games have just become cash cows. Yeah. Call of Duty is a perfect example. Although even now, I think it's kind of gone downhill. Like there used to be so much buzz, the what? the drones <laughs> buzzing about the new Call of Duty, and it was like. <laughs> man it's crazy you, uh, the new diablo blizzard uh, bad company lmao but they <laughs> i remember they used to be beloved yeah they used to be like at, at least to me maybe it was just because i was young and naive but when they were like releasing overwatch like 2016 i was like wow blizzard really this is like a good they really make some classics and then i kind of time went on and just kind of faded i <laughs> i don't know we don't i don't mean to do, no, no, no. talk about blizzard right now but
0: the blizzard tangent
1: yeah blizzard activision no
0: i think <laughs> yeah activision blizzard you're right i i didn't even think about that but in, in reference to i think call of duty for me that franchise like brings up a lot of weird memories because like in in middle school that was like really like what i think that was like the first video game that i was addicted to was like call of duty zombies mode um Yeah, And like getting into that and then like, of course, getting into like, you know, that toxic gaming community through like online mic chatting, uh, you know, like the Xbox Live days and Skype days, as it were. Um, That stuff was all, you know, not great for me, but I think even earlier than that is something that people forget a lot about, which is like Call of Duty was originally like renowned because of its like single player mode. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, it got popular in like starting around like you know the modern Warfares and then World at War multiplayer. Um, but I remember I played. I think it was Call of Duty Finest Hour, and I would play it when my mom was like away from the house because it was like my dad's game, and I wasn't allowed to play it. So I'd just be playing this game. It was like this like super violent like World War Two, yeah, yeah. Sh- the yeah shooter. And um, it was like kind of like
1: grisly. And isn't that Call of Duty? Sorry to interrupt you, but is Call yeah, of Duty, F- the yeah, first Final- one,
0: yeah, it is the first one. Um, I guess the point that I'm making is like the experience I had playing that game as a child, even though I don't think a child should play that game, um, uh, was like very different than the experience I had like playing Black Ops Two in uh, in middle school. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and I think that's like a product of like, you know, once you play Call of Duty Finest Hour and you like finish it all the way through, the game's not like goading you to like play again, play again, to like exactly. get microtransactions out of you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like the multiplayer of Call of Duty, you know, I think Black Ops 2 multiplayer, they that was like, that was like such a, looking back, it's like such a primitive skins model for a game.
1: Yeah, where you just buy an individual skin.
0: Yeah. But. <laughs> It was not advanced enough to use the loot crate model, <laughs> but I guess I guess I'm just reminiscing about my experience playing uh, Call of Duty, like when it was good and when it was buzzed about. Because even though yeah. like Black Ops Two was known for like its multiplayer and stuff, I think it was like a generally like well received game. I think now every title of Call of Duty that comes out is just basically. I think since Ghost. Has just been like considered garbage. I would agree. I would agree. Ghost was a real turning point. I, you know, it's crazy because there's three different dev companies that work on the Call of Duty games that switch between them every year. So you expect you would get like a gem out of one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Which one of them made, uh, there was like a super pop. I think it probably, if I had to guess, obviously this is something I can look up in a second. I think probably their battle royale Call of Duty game probably made them so much more money than like a normal Call of Duty game. Yeah,
1: um Warzone.
0: Is, yeah, yeah, Call of Duty Warzone.
1: I read something that Genshin Impact is like the most profitable game right now. Genshin Impact? Are you familiar? Is that an MMO? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I've never played it. It's like some anime game that ripped on Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and it's like open world and like there's lots and lots and lots. It's like a... Oh, it's a gotcha game. Do you know you what... Know, you're familiar with gotcha? No. Gotcha pawn. It's like... It's basically loot... Like... <laughs> it's basically loot crate, except it's a big part of the game instead of usually optional. I mean, it is optional, of course. You don't have to spend money, but it's a it's just like randomly generated loot you might get like a legendary character or something i might be am t- t- also let me acknowledge that i'm totally misrepresenting genshin impact although i would also like to be clear that i do not like genshin impact it's just kind of it 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 feels like the end uh, have you seen the video in your feed called elden ring feels like the end no i i i haven't oh, and and i, and I want DJ you dj sp- peach cobbler
0: Thank yeah, you. I want you to speak on that in a second. But first, I want to relay my findings. So take this with a grain of salt because this is just some website that I found. But apparently Warzone, at the time that this article came out, which was in 2021, which I guess it was like really popular then, is making Activision like sixty dollars a second. <laughs> what the fuck? And uh it it made um it made fifty five point two million per day. Um, oh, my gosh. And then I think it was $4 billion across 2020 and
1: 2021. That is ridiculous. So I, I can look at,
0: like, net profit,
1: Call of Duty, I Black Ops 2. $4 billion 2. in a year from a game.
0: Yeah, so Black Ops 2 was $1.18 billion total. Oh,
1: my God. Totally so,
0: total. Yeah, and so it made half of that money in the first 24 hours after its release. Oh. So
1: isn't that crazy how much the model of gaming has changed? Yeah, it it kind of I I dislike it. Although I, I to be that's uh, I think that's too general to say I dislike it. I rescind that. I dislike a lot of the a lot of AAA releases. I feel like they're only there for like money. I was talking about Activision Blizzard. They made a new Diablo game. I think it was a remake. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping right now. It's called Diablo Immortals, I think, and it's just like it's an all right game. It's just they just pump it full of microtransactions. And it's just kind of, even if you're not going to interact with the microtransactions, it still makes your game worse to look at. Maybe that's a nitpick, but I feel like you might agree. Like when you open your inventory and it's like to get 300 gems, you have to like on the right, there's like a quick buy option like for spending real money. It's weird.
0: I agree. This is something that we we, I think we briefly talked about it, like on a different occasion, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, which is like, this is the, this is the, the parallel that i'm going to draw so when it comes to like hosting a website if i see the if i see the wix thing (laughs) for some reason i know it's like i know i shouldn't like i know i shouldn't like take that as like a like a negative aspect of a website but when i see the wix logo or and i see like dot com or dot wix.com at the end of a website or i think dot big cartel is like a good like a sales Uh, platform that a lot of people use for some reason it hurts i
1: know i want to say it damages the art but i don't have the jurisdiction to say that i just feel that way you know
0: it doesn't damage the it's not that it damages the art it just it's the you know what it is it's like every artist and every like platform that's that you know relays art has a brand i think it makes the brand it cheapens the brand i think that's what microtransactions do it's not to psychoanalyze what a microtransaction is, but essentially, like it means the game isn't good enough to play. Like it, the goal of a company would be that the game wouldn't be fun enough to play unless you had the microtransactions. Like that, it would be like right on that barrier where you could have just a little bit more fun if you yeah. bought the
1: microtransaction. Like it's if you, it's a little bit of a FOMO model. Yeah, free, free I yeah.
0: And I think that's where, like, items really win. <laughs> like, item model games. Like, CSGO is, like, the microtransactions actually don't get you anything in terms of, like, in-game. It doesn't give you any tangible benefit besides, like, now people get... Je- it, it, actually, in CSGO, it's a unique example because unlike... That, that's what I was kind of trying to relay about Call of Duty's skin model back in the day. Is because it like wasn't on a loot crate model, but it also wasn't based on like an inventory system necessarily. So like, your items were like non tradable and like yeah, you know, yeah, binded to your account. So when you you know you got a cool gun skin that you unlocked, it was like only yours, and you didn't have to like. It might have just like been an indication of your skill, maybe if it wasn't a DLC skin. Like if it was just something that you unlocked through like playing a lot. Yeah, but. Like in in CS:GO, and I think I think this probably bled over to Fortnite. I never I think I pl- played one match of Fortnite in the duration when it was popular, <laughs> and uh, I never really played it. But I know that that game and CS:GO are like great examples to me of like games where social like there's like a weird social status that you get in game from having an item.
1: Yeah it it's so it's a very weird phenomena.
0: Mark Zuckerberg is happy about it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? That's like what NFTs are kind of about. Mm. Which is like you—you you have the ownership of this digital asset that somebody else doesn't have. It's like the same. I think. I think even though a lot of people on the internet even decry them, it's like it's really funny because like they don't they they hate on NFTs, but then they like forget that their in-game item that they you know spent five hundred
1: dollars on is literally an NFT. <laughs>
0: Sure. Me- not if, that it's think, on the
1: blockchain, but it's just like, like it's on Steam. Mimetically, yeah. Mimetically it's an, M- an NFT. Yeah. It's a digital item that you bought for money. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. Although I dislike NFTs for a few additional reasons. I'm not a big fan of CSGO skins. I say as I have a, as I have a, a bunch of uh, CS Go skins in my inventory. <laughs> Meanwhile, in at my inventory, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the, like I think the the market model i think it's (laughs) i think it's interesting to say the least i i don't mean to sound like i don't mean to sound like a big big capitalist here free market brother but i just think it's uh it adds an interesting an interesting like layer to the like the i was about to say metagame but metagame when you're talking about a video game is different it's just the, the like the like what you were saying with the social aspect i think that the the market like the steam market plays like a big like
0: Isn't it crazy how much money amount.
1: Valve has to make off that per day? Oh, it's ridiculous. They take so like are not off so, of
0: skimming but, transactions. Yeah.
1: It's like, wild. If people are buying expensive shit every day.
0: Yeah. I think I think people who like aren't familiar with this stuff, so like, you know, Valve that uh, that owns Steam, they take like a cut of like on on smaller stuff, it's like you know, like I think I think in in small instances, it's like you sell an item for like one cent, and Valve will sell it for three cents.
1: So yeah, well, there's a there's a minimum. They yeah, they have to have a minimum, so they they give you one cent because you have to sell it for four, and they take three.
0: Yeah, which is wild, but that just gives you a sense. And like, I mean, obviously, like they don't take like at, at a larger scale, they don't take more than you're making for the item. Yeah, but it's still like some ridiculous amount. I think it, I'd have to look at like the way that it runs, but I think like in instances you you, you can put up a, an item for like, you know, 18 bucks and valve might sell it for like $21 or like $22. But like the fact of the matter is they're not selling something that they, so valve makes the initial money off the item. If it was gained in, you know, a loot crate, which is essentially just gambling. Um, where somebody had to buy the crate and buy the key is to open the the, the crates in, in this digital realm, right? Mm-hmm. And so Valve makes money on the front end and then just off of every transaction where that item is bought and sold, they just keep skimming off the top of every transaction. Man,
1: what a, what a model. Yeah. I just uh, I put up my... I, I to test the cut I went into my inventory and I sold I sold an item or I didn't sell it but to see if you know what, what the markup yeah. was I put it in for $123 and they marked it up to $142
0: yeah that's what I'm saying they're taking like like could you imagine if that sold valve yeah. just made $20 off of doing nothing off of essentially just being
1: a broker yeah precisely and this is happening with every single transaction regardless like Oh, it's wild. The the, Steam market is crazy.
0: Yeah, no. How many transactions? Well, actually, we can look it up. How many transactions do you think the Steam market has a day?
1: Oh, this is a good guessing game. Don't tell me yet. I'm going to guess. Wow. How about one million? Let's go with with that. Mm. Because I know there's a lot of botting, too.
0: But well, see, this is the big problem: is Steam is a private company, so they don't have to release any of these figures. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. They take up seventy-five percent of the global market share for PC games. Oh my gosh,
1: wild! I would. I mean, I don't mean to lick Valve's boots, but I, I'd like them in charge of. <laughs> Of I I like kind of like it like that. I'd rather Steam be I like Steam more than Epic Game Store, and I like Valve as a company. Companies are not your friend, but I just <laughs> I, uh, they make cool shit. I
0: I agree, but the the thing with Valve for me is like when they for me, it's when they opened the floodgates and just said anybody can release a game on our platform. And while that <laughs> while that certainly has its benefits for like independent you know developers. Of gunks up your platform. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot more garbage, and by garbage, I'm like referring to like very specific, you know, vulgar types of games. uh, Yeah,
1: that like would not have otherwise been on there. So games that you get gifted, and you're like, ah, shit. Do I private my inventory? Do I private my (laughs) inventory? Yeah, (laughs) my my games. Man, I think we've all been there. To to change gears, I don't know if you're ready to change gears, but it just came to mind. There's, have you heard of uh, have you seen that game that's being released uh, or published by Devolver? Which one? Uh, it's called Skate Story.
0: No, is it a skate game?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's it looks incredible. Like the the trailer is great. The music is really cool. It's like you play as like the the visuals are amazing. You play as like this glass person and like you're on a skateboard. Like you're, I think you're like trying to skate out of like purgatory or something, but it's just, it's, it looks amazing.
0: The Dark Souls of skateboarding, skateboarding, but you're made of glass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is, this looks cool. The music, it's got me excited. Hopefully, it's mechanically very polished. That's (laughs) that's <laughs> let's hope man. no because because the, the big pr- the big trouble and 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 the reason why i say that is like cuz the two leading skate games on pc right now are skate excel and um oh what's session. the other one yeah session right session is awesome session has a ton of stuff right like grabs like casper slides all this stuff but mechanically it can get pretty wonky Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: you have to strike a balance
0: yeah there's a balance between like letting your player hop on an actual skateboard <laughs> you know what i mean in terms of like and i say that like kind of like jokingly because like session and i was actually saying this to somebody the other other day which is like the amount of leeway that you give the player is directly related to the amount of things that can go wrong <laughs> yeah. so like in session they try to let the player do anything you can change the parameters so that you can jump six feet
1: if you want to. Yeah.
0: But that's going to make some of the animations look pretty wonky when, when your you board's rotating. The, yeah.
1: When you scale up the scale, you scale up the jank. Yeah,
0: and, and so I, I guess my point is, I hope that Skate Story it looks like it's going to be more of like a, like a like a linear game, but hopefully, hopefully it's much more, uh, you know, polished mechanically than either of those games. Um, hopefully it's more of a tony hawk pro skater if you know
1: what i'm saying (laughs) if you can uh where you just yeah where you just latch on to the objects yeah i where it's not like oh we need to simulate real. you have to perfectly balance every grind like okay
0: which which can be fun if you're like big into like
1: like a a simulation like pure simulation
0: (laughs) but if i'm playing skate story and i'm a demon trying to escape on a skateboard out of purgatory
1: yeah I might want to, <laughs> I, I might not want the experience. might not want that perfect sim. But yeah, this looks super cool.
0: It's too bad it comes out in 2020.
1: Well, I guess 2023 is pretty close. Yeah. Is it? Wow. I just, uh, <laughs> you reminded me that it's June.
0: And I was like, oh, too bad it comes out like in 2023, but you know, I'm forgetting.
1: Yeah, we're already there almost. I'm not a big Steam wish lister. I don't really know what it does, but I'm pretty sure it helps out their game because it just brings it to more people. Yeah, it does, it, yeah, Defo does. Type. Yeah. So, I'm I'm always kind of stingy with my wish lists, but you're, I got to story. you,
0: you're stingy with the wish How large
1: is your Steam wish list? It's got three games on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you are stingy with the wish
1: list. <laughs> None of them are out yet. I got fifty eight on the wish list. You got a fifty eight long wish list.
0: Yeah, Dwarf Fortress is on there. It'll probably be on there until the day I die. Wait, what? Wait, wait. Do you you not know about Dwarf Fortress? No, I do. But do you not own it? No, 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 no. I'm saying oh, it has been the Steam release because the Steam version is the Steam version is going to have like a UI that makes it like play like playable. (laughs) Yeah, not not to hate on you know the people over at kit fox games who are you know working on getting this published or on uh you know uh, or or bay 12 <laughs> <laughs> but uh in terms of like what what zach was doing pre trying to get it published on steam the game was like made of like so for reference door is like in 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 the year 2022 was a game that was still being played with like it essentially looked almost like a dos game mm. where where everything was just a colored it had um,
1: a bunch of ascii art like it used more yeah of exactly so like things. you'd have like
0: you'd have like red colored slashes or like blue colored asterisks and stuff to like make images out of or to like indicate a certain thing Texture, but it yeah, didn't have it didn't have like sprites or like you know, animations. You just have, like, stuff moving around. It was almost like, it, actually, this is probably the best analogy. It's almost like where Neo looks at the numbers in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> or all the symbols and code and can actually, like, see stuff in it. Yeah. See, like, the image. People who were getting good at Door Fortress were, like, seeing
1: the image behind all these, <laughs> like, behind all these symbols. I wish I was that potent of a gamer that I could immerse myself fully in dwarf fortress.
0: No, I that's the thing. For me, I I you know I played probably like two hours, but the game was just like brutal to play. When with like you'd have to have like a little like a little diagram next to the I, I remember I had it next open next to the game, like trying to decipher what was going on.
1: They have a few like like I, I don't know what to call them, like texture packs or like resource packs. Yeah. But I don't but, know if they're are they made by
0: no, no, they're not. They're just like, fan made,
1: third party
0: fan yeah. made. this is gonna be like when this one comes out. This will be like, like I'm not sure if you actually looked at the Steam page ever or like looked at like all this development stuff. But when you do, you're gonna see like it looks so much better than whatever you last saw.
1: Dwarf forge. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, that's but, actual water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's not like symbols anymore. It's like just actual. It almost looks like. Maybe an early age of empires, which I like,
1: <laughs> yeah, games like this I can get jiggy with. This is yeah. the type of graphical level that I like. I like.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Not all of us can. Not all of us could play games in JoJo mode with the <laughs> with the
1: coder goggles on, matrix text <laughs> flying on your screen.
0: <laughs> Let's see. What do I have on my wish list that you should know about besides Door Fortress? Dude, I, you know I have to admit, maybe I should be stingier with my wish list. <laughs> There's a game. It's called Shotgun King: The
1: Final Checkmate. <laughs> Dude, you have to see this. Shotgun King. Oh my gosh. Oh my. God.
0: <laughs> so, so basically, for you know, for the for the listeners, Shotgun King: The Final Checkmate. It's this 2D game, it's chess, but you replace your entire army with a royal shotgun. You fight an entire other team of chess pieces, but you're a king and you have a shotgun. <laughs> but also there's kind of like Eldritch Horror stuff going on here too. Like some of, some of the pieces get really big on the enemy side uh, and can do stuff like eat you or throw you and stuff like that. But anyways, I think it looks pretty cool. You can like use like the soles of the chess pieces to do different movements and stuff.
1: This game looks crazy
0: you can uh you can like it's kind of like a roguelite. like you can you can get like modifications to like your movement or like i guess like your bull- <laughs> it sounds so funny. you can get modifications to your bullets in chess um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is probably my most anticipated game of my wish list.
1: The top review from this game from user Gray just says finally chess 2. Fucking
0: Kind of got a point. Out. It's been like a thousand plus years. Yeah.
1: Since chess 1.0 came out. thousand years. Finally. Dude. Chess except you have no pieces except a king but the king has a shotgun. <laughs> and it has nice pixel art. What more could you ask for?
0: When Chess 2.0 comes out, all Go players screaming when they have to learn Go 2.0. <laughs> after 10,000 plus years,
1: <laughs> there was a new Go patch today. Go- <laughs> if you could make Go 2, but and you could only make one change, what would it be?
0: Oh, Go 2, but one change.
1: There's gonna be a long period of silence cut
0: out here for the listeners, but I got to think about this. Um, oh, there was a rule that is only a rule, like that is obeyed. I think in like New Zealand that I was playing with for the longest time, and I think it should become actual part of the canon in uh, China where it's played mostly, uh, and in in South Korea too. Um, and it's that when you <laughs> when you um, it's so essentially in go this is actually too complex to just like say over the <laughs> mic because i have to like you know list out the rules but essentially it's that you can self-capture your pieces because that's apparently not something you're allowed to do in like oh. the. it's like it's like seen as like a noob thing because it actually like net like it kind of like doesn't really do anything except it sometimes it does because you have like the opportunity to be uh to get all your pieces out. But apparently like in in other games, I guess in, in in China and Japan, when they and in South Korea, when they play, you can't self-capture. You just have to let all your pieces get captured, which I think is lame. I think I'm more of a space player. If all my Go fans out there know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, I do not know what he is talking about. I'm more of a movement player when it comes to Go. <laughs> uh
0: an edge bug he'd be hopping and go when you break the fourth wall of go and start talking to your opponent (laughs) if you watch like the pro games they'll be completely silent for like
1: three hours i need uh i need just a talkative go pro to come on the scene
0: it's seen as like really bad form because i guess it's kind of like a like an intellectual thing i guess you could call it (laughs) so uh it's kinda of like seen as
1: kind of disrespect. It's BM. I remember yeah, like, like, oh that was a bad move right after they, they play.
0: There there's something actually I think we've I think we've chatted for a significant dura- duration about go. I think I think if anybody's listening at this point, um, <laughs> thank you for listening to this bonus episode with Finn and I. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good enough.
1: <laughs> uh, see you later. Right.
0: Thanks for listening. With any questions or comments, feel free to email industryplan at industryplan.co.
1: See you next month with the final bonus episode of the podcast.